Hi, and welcome to the Male Doula Birth Stories. This podcast has been created for all sorts of people to hear birth stories from all sorts of people. My name is Matt. I am the Male Doula. I'm a facial release practitioner, doula, and a few other things. I live in a little town in Kent in England and own a small holistic and alternative therapy clinic called Bowen Bexley. This podcast is interviews with many different people who have some sort of involvement with the birth process. Each person is able to tell their story. You will hear joy, anger, love, fear, expectation, loss, highs and lows. Please take these stories and use them to make your birth journey a more informed and positive occasion. So I am really, really pleased and excited. I've got goosebumps um, to be talking to Catherine Ferrant, um, amazing lady. Uh, I've had the pleasure of working with her a few times. Um, so a few details about Catherine. How are you, first of all? I should, I should go into that. How are you Very doing? Very good, thanks, Matt. Hey. Yeah, um, five months post postpartum with my third son and... Um, I really, I do feel, I feel beaming, actually. <laughs> you look it, you look it. I don't know if can see you, but you you look glowing. And I'm not surprised because you're in very, very good hands with a good friend of mine, um, a doula called Laura Swan. Uh, I know she's looking after you really, really well. So I'm, I'm just really, you've just got this perfect package, haven't you, of everybody, which was amazing. But um, so a little bit about you first, before we go right into the story. You're the founder of a little company <laughs> um, called Ossa or Ossa Organic. I know kind of linked together. I love what you do. Call yourself a biohacker. And I know gut health is something that is so, so important to you. So tell us a little bit about that before we get into your birth stories. Well, basically, Ossa Organic is kind of like another one of my children and was born somewhere between the second and the third um, and the business was born out of my love for ancient ways of eating, ancient ways of nourishing the body and ancient ways of healing. I believed throughout my life that I could affect change in my body and my mind through food, through the environment that I lived in and through my mental kind of um, thought process, the thoughts I was thinking. And that's basically a very simple definition of what a biohacker does is someone who makes change to those kind of certain areas and then sees how that affects their health and their wellness. So us organic creates natural and organic foods, but more than anything, I want the business to, and, and it actually really does inspire people to make change in their diets for their children, postpartum, um, for fertility during pregnancy for men for women for children that allows you to feel your most nourished and um, that allows the body to really detox and work in the most efficient and brilliant way that it does and just make everything much easier because we've come from such a time in the world where there's been the low fat there's been the no salt there's been all sorts of different fads and I think we need to like like with birth and like with life look back to the ancient ways and use food as a tool for healing so that's very much much also organic and the link to biohacking is is um then how changing the way that you eat makes you feel so much better so it's a huge part of my life and it's so interesting you brought that up as the first question because it also <laughs> organic is definitely one of my children as well it is i i remember i came to you to do some um 
it was some myofascial work on your scar and obviously your pelvis while you were pregnant. And I can remember coming thinking, this amazing lady that I'm coming to see, and I want to be able to explain how fascia works, how it creates through your body, you know, the foods that you eat. And then I kind of done a little look on your Instagram and stuff. I was like, okay, she knows a bit more than me about this. And then when I got there, um, you gave me all this information. And I mean, you do these lovely reset packages. That's what I call them. And Obviously, I tried one. I texted you and said, look, I'm, I'm going to buy one of these packages online and try this because it looks amazing. And now I actually recommend it. You know, I, I do myofacial work for people that are trying to conceive, obviously work with them all the way through pregnancy. As a doula myself, I work with them through the, the labor as well um, and postnatal care. And what you're offering is kind of the internal part, the gut work of mm. what we do. and when I look at how the body functions, the nervous system, over 50% of your nervous system runs through your gut, you know, so why, what I'm doing is only like 40% of the work on the body side of things, but the gut work is, is just so important. So I find everything you do absolutely fascinating. So definitely I'm going to put lots and lots of links to your stuff on the bottom and go follow this lady she's amazing well thanks Matt I think it's that partnership isn't it like I was so fascinated the first time we met um when you know I'd I'd, I'm so in tune with my body based on Mm. how I work and the biohacking and what I do and I knew where I had certain aches and pains which maybe the average person wouldn't feel because they're not tuning in enough and that's what we try, I try and teach people is how to scan your own body. But I remember that, I, I mean, there wasn't, there's not much touch involved in, in bone therapy. And I remember you kind of just like, there was a tweak here and there and, and, and you pointed out the two areas where I had compromise and I knew that there was, there was something wrong there. And this is what I think that people like you and me are here to do is encourage anyone listening to understand that there's no one thing that's just going to suddenly make everything great it's all interconnected and you've got to kind of like you said when we started this podcast weave together your team of people that are going to help you like people are happy to spend so much money on online shopping and you know 100 pounds at some like high street fast fashion outlet is nothing to someone but when you suggest to them to go and get bone therapy or to do a gut reset or something people are like oh but why would i spend money on that no this is what we're here to tell you this is what's going to affect massive change in your life and i loved working with you because exactly we were so much on the same frequency and it was the partnership of the myofascial release for me and opening of the pelvis myself in my own mind through my meditation my gut health and all of that. And then a practitioner like you to come in and actually, you know, facilitate the touch points and stuff. It was a, it's a powerful package people need to know about, you know? Thank you. I wasn't, yes, I appreciate that. <laughs> You're advertising for me. but um, So we, we've got a good idea. So everyone listening has got a good idea how you and I have worked together um, and really our mindset on the whole birth package. So it gives us a really good start. So I've listened to another one of your podcasts, uh, which obviously discussed the birth of the last baby, Bo. But I think it's really, really important that we go right back to the beginning to hear baby one and two. Do you mind me talking about the babies before I say all this? So you've got three no, children now. You've got a lovely, but say four children, four children. You've got Michael. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, True. Michael is awesome. I I had the the pleasure of working on him for a little bit as well. 
yeah, he, yeah, you, you've got a, a excellent birth partner there. That's all I can say. He's absolutely amazing. So I think he, um, he cried more than I did through all the births. <laughs> I, I won't mention that Laura's told me. <laughs> and then you've also got Jack and Thomas. And oh my goodness, the first time I came round and I had my therapy table and they offered to carry it down the hallway for me and they were helping me set it up. Amazing children. Absolutely amazing children. Thanks, so, they were fascinated by you. And actually we had an um, educational psychologist here yesterday because I'm really interested in investing time and understanding how my children's minds think so that I could teach them in day-to-day life about like the fascinating things of this world and other worlds by understanding their individual brains. Yes. And um, they really read the energy of people very, very well. And this guy confirmed that to me and you walked through the door and they both just took to you. And that was really a positive sign for me as well. You, I remember you t- saying that to me and I, it was something I never really thought of how children react you know I'm around children all the time I have a huge huge family and so me interacting with children to me is just an everyday thing but you saying that made me think yeah and children pick up on our energy and even our own children can pick up on our own energy your children will come and give you a cuddle if they know mum's not feeling 100% today or mum's a little bit sad today they pick up on that and you know we should take that and grab it with both hands don't don't push it away always Absolutely. It. Work with it. yeah and I just thought of you if you you're a practitioner that's working on a at a, at a level whereby you know there are portals in the body that are being opened there are energy portals that are being yeah. opened there's a big shift of chi there's a massive change in the state of frequency that happened in my body between your arriving and your leaving because you opened those block channels and that is quite like a you know for some people people that don't understand it on that energetic level it's it's like a, quite a, a sacred thing to allow to bring someone into that space you know into your home and into all of that so for me the confirmation from my children was massive for me <laughs> brilliant, brilliant no you saying that just made me think we we kind of we're in a world where we try and put everything in a compartment everything in a box and sadly we do that with our body we put it into little boxes we go well that's this part and this is my digestive system and this is my lymphatic system we put them all in boxes but none of those boxes work on their own they have to be connected together and you you saying about opening things the the actual terms that we use are the gates in the body um, which is in the upper thoracic and lower lumbar spine they are the gates of the body and until they're the first points I touch on every single person that lays on my therapy bed is I open those gates it allows the body to flow it allows a connection from the top of your head to the tip of your toes and it's vital that we open up everything so I'm talking about my work right Uh, back back to um, baby number one. So who was baby number one? So Jack was born first nearly eight years ago now. And I think back so much to myself at that time um, because it's he's been such a way shower for me, Jack. And I think that what's happened there is that, you know, if each and every single birth, and you'll hear it all the time, being a doula and being a male one at that, mm. is that birth is a teacher, isn't it? And I didn't know anything that I know now when, when, when he came into the world. One thing I did know that I was quite surprised by um, is that I Jack was highly consciously conceived. So we decided we wanted to have a child. 
I had known for many years my firstborn would be a son and we'd named and we he was his name would be Jack and that was what my husband and I discussed Jack you know um but I remember the moment he was conceived and I said to my husband we you know it was like a pop in my womb a warm energy and a light actually a light that came down into the room the soul I said to him we you know we've just conceived our son and and at the time I, I'd always I'd always see myself as quite intuitive and in tune and, and I've always had um connections with other beings if, if that makes sense angels and so some people think it's odd it's just a part of my childhood and growing up and was very nurtured in me by my mother and my grandmother and so he was consciously conceived and that was that was that Matt I thought to myself do you know I've consciously conceived this child my pregnancy was beautiful I carried him well I'm that was when I came he showed me the way with Asa. he showed me that a diet with no fat and low fat this and all that is just not the way he showed me all about soups and stews he taught me about bone broths all in my pregnancy he got me off um pregnacare the boots um high high street uh supplement which you should not be touching yeah. he taught me about folate versus folic acid all these things this little boy taught me in utero and by the time it got to the birth i actually was almost a little bit arrogant i was like do you know what I've consciously conceived this kid. I, 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 my birth was in my mind. It was, it was mm-hmm. absolutely going to happen the, the way I wanted it to happen. And at the time I was under the care of an OBGYN, which was probably my, my first mistake, but it was actually a gift to me from my mother-in-law. And, um, and at the time I thought, well, what a wonderful gift. And this doctor was all about 90% natural delivery and this, 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 and that. And we went through my whole pregnancy with this beautiful water birth plan. And lo and behold, on the day that I was due, he kind of whole face changed and he pulled this whole thing and he was like this, that, and the next thing. And actually what I'm trying to tell you now is you're not going to be having a natural birth. And the I, I won't go into all the reasons and all that because mm-hmm. he could have said anything, you know, and I would have, I would have believed him. But what happened there was that I came home that day. He said, you need to have a, a, a scheduled cesarean in one to two days time or whatever. And I came home that day and I cried for 12 hours. I, I closed all the curtains in my house. Don't know why. And I just cried. And my mom sat next to me and she tried to console me. And, and you know, she she is a woman who could stand in her power, but she too couldn't see that that this was all wrong. But but I, I remember saying to her mom, well, I, don't, I don't know anyone that cries for 12 hours the day before they're about to have their first child. Something is wrong. So I went back to the doctor and he still, and his words to me were very crazy because I, I, I believed them again. You know, I could, he said to me, I would sit here with a panel and he used the word doula of doulas, midwives and top um, OBGYNs. And everyone would agree with me that this is the best way for your baby to be born. And I believed him. And so Jack was born uh, two days after his due date via what he called an elective cesarean, which still makes my bones chill because I never elected for anything. No. Um, and I'll never forget that, that he'd said that he'd called it Ollie something where there's no water in the sack. Um, yeah. And I got into this, the hospital and I said to the midwife crying, you know, I, I want to have a natural birth. The doctor tells me there's no um, water in the sack. Can you just, you know, if there's an out for me, save me basically. Mm. And she palpated and she said, um, you know, the ba- she actually used the words like all I can feel is bones. And, you know, it's very dangerous if there's no fluid in the, in the, in the, in the bag. So, you know, in hindsight, someone told me you could have drunk liters of water overnight. You could have like, I don't know, there's many things I could have done. Should have, would have, could have. Mm-hmm. I went through a lot of time um, 
talking myself through, you know, why did I, didn't I do this and why don't I do that? At the end of the day, now, nearly eight years later, I look back to that birth and I go, thank you, universe, because that started me on the track to where I am today. And I wouldn't be who I am today without all the lessons that came there. And those are my first lessons. Do not believe everything that you told. Do not give your power away to people that are not you and that are not fully invested in your birth plan. And do everything on your own terms. And yes, birth is scary. And yes, there are things that can go wrong. But that's life. You could get hit by a bus when you cross the road. Exactly. Don't hand over your power and don't be fear-mongered into anything. So yeah. those are my lessons from Jack. He got me onto a trajectory of living a whole new life with food. And um, he's a very, very, very spiritual child himself. And um, I, I, did, I did see a lot of psychics and healers and therapists. And, you know, um, one woman actually said to me, she said, look, Jack chose to be born that way. It was contracted so that you would learn these lessons. You weren't going to learn them any other way. So that was interesting. Amazing. I, I'm, I'm just taking all of this in because I actually don't know these two birth stories. So this is this is something that's all new. And I wish it was something I hadn't heard from other people. But this is this is a story that that seems to repeat. Now, part of the recordings of these podcasts is to really get people to to be able to hear other birth stories. And I, I get a lot come back. Oh, you shouldn't make birth stories like all fearful and threatening. And, you know, that's not what this is about at all. This this is about hearing what someone else has been through. And, you know, we started off this podcast saying how glowing you are, how happy you are. So life has a direction. Life goes on and you go through these processes, these things that happen. We can't change the past, you know, mm. so we, we have to go forward. And to look at you now with those three boys and your husband, it, you know, you could almost go, that is, that's what I want. <laughs> you know, that's yeah. what I'm after. So it's really saying to people, don't be fearful of what's coming up in your birth. And don't worry if it doesn't go exactly as you want it, because at the end of it, you're going to look back and you're, I'm not on, I'm not trying to turn, turn this around into you got a healthy baby and you're still here. That's not what I mean. What I'm saying is you can always take a positive from any story. Um, I've so. I, I actually just got chills when you said that because I wasted and, and, and what we are here to do today. And that's why we're so aligned is to give people the power to make the right decisions. And that doesn't mean, as you said, everything is going to go your way. Don't sweat the small stuff that goes wrong or the big stuff and find the lesson in it because I wasted. And someone said to me, and I was so beautiful. I wasted so much energy looking back and you just nailed it there. You can't change the past, but you can learn from it and you can look at it as a gift. And someone once said to me, you are like a giant balloon. And every time you look back, it's like you've got this tiny little leak behind you and air is just going, you know, coming out of you. Like, why would you do that? Plug that hole and take everything positive that you can and look forward and stop leaking energy to the past. And I just thought, wow, that is so true. I'm wasting so much energy living in that space. And Michael pointed it out to me as well. Like, look where you are, look what you've got, look, you know, take that hurt, take that pain and use it and learn from it. And that's what I want to affect today is like, is that we say to women, ask the right questions, do the right things. And life is not perfect. 
Life is not perfect. I look at another mom who had their firstborn at home and I think, God, why didn't I have my firstborn at home? And then that mom's upset that she, as we were talking about earlier, didn't get in the bath or something. Like everyone's story is independent to themselves. Mm. And what what uh, what we're trying to do is to empower people on along the way because you're mm. never going to nail it 100%. Nothing no. in life is perfect. Nothing. No. But then again, we're not here to criticize those that are sitting there feeling bad with themselves because they didn't get in the bath, you know? Totally. Take oh, that, totally. take that and go, do you know what? I didn't get in the bath, but I still had an amazing birth. You know, Absolutely. Take the, take the, I want to say negatives. I hate that word, but take those things that you didn't get and think about the stuff you did. Um, yeah. You and, and negatives is, 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 I also agree. I don't love the word, but like, they can't be dark without the, they can't be light without the dark. Do you know what I mean? Like there's yeah. no shadow without light, light casts shadow and they do work so well together. And so that's what I've learned along the way. Um, and, and it's, it's really a powerful thing to learn is that we, we're actually on this planet to have fun and have different experiences. And some of them are going to be total shit, yeah. you know, but if you just look at it as though as a, as a game, really, we're just here to, to have fun, then each experience should be some version of a lesson to better yourself. And, and, and I've, I've really grounded in this as I, as I approach 40, like, don't take yourself too seriously. Like this is a planet of, of good and bad and a planet of, you know, good and evil. And we're just going to learn and we're going to have fun and we're going to keep, keep, keep experiencing. Love it. Love it. Thank you. That was perfect. That was really good. So maybe number two, we're going on to, little Thomas uh, oh, he's cool. sorry I, I just I loved him he was just he sat there watching me when I was last with you and he was taking it all in he was he absolutely- is so curious Thomas and he's always fascinated by people which is I, I hope something that I've been able to instill in him because I'm fascinated by people and you know he wanted to know your name and you know where do you come from and what job do you do and why are you dressed like that and what's the thing around your this and that and so that's you know he's a he's a real character Thomas and he d- absolutely lights up a room and um he um he he was conceived in Africa actually and, and was a, and, and was not conscious at all. In fact, um, another thing that I kind of like beat myself about was we went to a wedding and I had a massive party and, and I was actually pregnant unbeknownst to myself. And that was old Thomas. He's, you know, waits for no man. And um, we, he again was a beautiful pregnancy, but I, I really um, went rogue with Thomas. And I say that because I knew that I'd been, duped before I knew that I'd put my power in someone else's hands and I was very afraid for that to happen again so I went rogue effectively and I just um did the bare minimum of appointments with the NHS didn't really say too much to anyone and thought to myself I know my body I know my power and said to Michael like brace yourself I'm just going to basically do this on my own you know and this is where I learned um about time and 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 like to portals of time and um, because Thomas, I, I, I pushed until um, 42 plus two before I went into labor with Thomas. And for anyone that's gone over their dates, you will know that that time between 40 weeks and 42 weeks is like a liminal portal of a different world. You basically between, you got one foot in on earth and another foot in labor land. And somewhere between the two, you're trying to still remain grounded and, and do your day-to-day things, but also surrender. And it's a very, very challenging space for women. Um, I'm sure everyone would agree if you've been there. 
at that that's where I had to really like I'd never gone over dates before and I didn't have anyone on my side I was with a, an NHS midwife who basically wasn't going to be on call for my birth so every day I was googling will my baby die am I going to be okay I knew in my heart he wouldn't and I was going to be fine but I was still like you know family members like what's wrong with you just go and have an elective cesarean I was a VBAC candidate all that kind of stuff Anyway, um, I learned a lot through this birth and eventually went into labor naturally one evening. And I had a lot of prodromal labor, as I talked to you about, on and off for about three or five days, which is exhausting and happens to lots of women and first, second, third, fourth, fifth, seventh babies. It's very, very energetically draining because you get that excitement and that adrenaline kick every time you your labor starts and then it, mine died off um over eight hours at night every night for four nights so I hadn't slept for four nights but I was just so delighted that I was given the gift of experiencing labor if you know what I mean I hadn't had that before it'd been robbed yeah. from me so I leaned so heavily into that and you know was on the birthing ball and Kemi, my midwife, who you know well and who actually introduced us um, to each other, yeah. really made me laugh when she was like, what do you mean for four nights you stayed awake bouncing on the ball? You should have been sleeping. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. I learned so much about like doing less is doing more. And that's been another huge <laughs> life lesson for me in my work as a mother, as a wife, as a person. Rest is work. For those of you who, who go around saying, I can't sit still and I don't know how to rest. And, you know, if you ever watch those survival programs, the people that overdo it and don't sleep or rest or they don't survive. Nope. So that was a massive lesson for me. And lo and behold, on the fourth night of my prodromal labor, I got to the point where I was ready to call the NHS and tell them I was coming into the labor ward. Came in at about 11 o'clock at night and the woman assessed me and I was two centimeters. And I said to Mike, I think we should go home. And he said to me, do you know what, Kath, I've seen this. I've seen your first birth. I've seen what you've been through. He, he's 42 plus whatever it was now, what, nearly 43 weeks. And he goes, I'm scared. Let's just stay in the right hands or whatever. And I said, fine, I, I imagine how you feel. Let's do it. And we stayed. And that night was really hard for me. And as you know, you're pacing the, the corridors of a labor ward. No one cared about me. Everyone was looking at me going, you know, we're near ready. Go back to your bed. And I was scared. I just needed a you know, I needed a doula desperately. And I called for a doula. I said, please, please, can someone call me a doula? Who's your doula? I said, I don't know. I don't even know what a doula is, but I I, I need a doula. And and they just would like bogged me off or whatever. Um, and then I got shattered. That was Friday. I was absolutely shattered by this point. And they were like, look, now we worried about this and the next thing. And the rest of the story, you can just imagine, cascade of interventions. They broke my waters. That didn't work. I had about eight seriously aggressive sweeps, which were painful. Um, his head was so low that when he was born, he had little scratch marks on the head from them trying to break the sack. All these things that are not unbeknownst to anyone who's been through this cascade. They put me on Pitocin, which didn't do a thing. Then I had an epidural because I don't know. And eventually on the Saturday morning at 4 a 434, whatever, it was quite a magical timing number, actually. Thomas was born via cesarean section. I it was such an interesting journey for me that because I had half of my friends saying, Well, that was just stupid. Why didn't you just have an elective cesarean? And you would have been so much happier. And I was like, maybe you would have, but not me. You know, I'd fought a good fight and I'd learned a lot from that. There was no way I was being wheeled into that theater without trying. And the next thing that came to me that was the most powerful thing that ever could have been shown to me and was only going to be shown to me through Thomas in this way, through birth, was that you can do anything, but you can't do everything. And I needed a team. 
I needed a team and I put so much on Michael. Michael, why are you not a better doula? Michael, why are you not a better midwife? Michael, why are you not knowing how to rub my back? Michael, why did you know I need a heat pad? You know, the poor dude, he's trying to be a father and a husband and I had all of this weight on him. Mm. And so really when, when, when I assembled that team, like you talked about at the beginning of this podcast, that weight that came off of Michael, Matt, it allowed him to be the father and it allowed him to be a man watching a wife giving birth and it allowed him to like heap his huge six foot four body over Laura and just weep as Bo was being born because he had yeah. no chance of trying to be everything else to everyone. Um, and so the lessons that came from Thomas were massively, massively powerful. And um, again, it took me a long time to realize that, you know, sit with your pain. If you're listening and you are in pain around birth, like do sit with it because you have to transmute pain to get rid of it. You can't just push it aside. And um, I, that's, that's when my PTSD came through when Thomas was about four months Yeah. Um, in the nights, in the days. I mean, he, all my boys are just so such gifts and so wonderful. And I would just be the most perfect mother in the day. And, and, and I've always enjoyed postpartum and pregnancy and birth. And, but at the nights I was, I was reliving everything. I should have, would have, could have that whole story again, you yeah. know, yeah. but I promised myself, that I would understand. I thought it was my fault that I'd had two cesareans. I thought I hadn't prepared enough. I thought that I was unaware. I thought something was wrong with my body. Blah, blah, blah. But the more I, I realized that actually the problems were, were none of those things. It was, it was the system. I forgave myself. And then I looked at the gifts like I'm talking about now and was able to really move forward with such um, peace around those births and and also to understand that those boys and I effectively the way I explain it to myself and people might think it's weird but I I it makes sense to me is that we are you know you're, you're like a family of souls I believe in, in in um in the universe and you tend to incarnate I believe that we have multiple lives some people don't I do and I think and I think you incarnate with the same familial um, souls, you know, in different iterations or whatever. But I believe before you come into this lifetime, you make contracts with different souls. And so Thomas had agreed again, like he would be born in this way for this lesson for me because I'm bloody hard headed and stubborn. And actually what I was what I had to I had to be hard not to learn. Otherwise, I wasn't really going to learn, you know. <laughs> Yes. So that was my second birth. And um, again, now with my hand on my heart, five years later, six years later, nearly at the end of this year, five years later, I can say, I'm so happy. I'm so grateful to to, to that birth for all it yeah. taught me. You, you've just shown everybody that we're, we're talking birth stories. I mean, this is the title of the podcast, but it's life stories, really, isn't it? It's, <laughs> it's a snippet from your life story that has changed not, not just the next birth, but everything, you know, the dynamic between you, Jack and Thomas has changed since Bo came along and mm -hmm. definitely the, the dynamics between you and Michael. I mean, that must have changed dramatically after each birth for Michael Absolutely. to be able to give in to his own feelings. I mean, I understand with Laura because she's the sort of person that you can open up to, but you know, to be able to give in to that, he's he's a part of this story, you know, his life story has changed because of the birth story. So it's I think we've got a beautiful connection, life and yeah. birth. And so they say if you don't deal with your past childhood traumas, your your relationships will bring them up for you, you know, and birth does the same because I'm not saying you have to give birth. Um or, or be a mother to 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 have these life stories 
you know, these, they come up in, in, in all sorts of different way in our lives. And, mm. and for some women, and you'll know better than me, they pop out three babies in the birth center and they never think twice about birth. It doesn't really, you know, oh, it was painful and I never want to do that again. Mm. Oh, my baby, whatever. And birth was beautiful, but they don't appreciate it potentially. Or they do, but it's just not a thing for them. And my life story, birth is a thread that's weaved deeply into this lifetime for me. I've got lots to learn from birth and others are learning in other ways. And um, so I think it's important. We also, we, we, we do like we, we acknowledge our life stories. We acknowledge our childhoods. We acknowledge all the issues that we have. And then we see how we reflect those in one another. And my marriage has completely changed through the three births. And I loved what you said about Bo's, the Bo's dynamic, changing the whole family's dynamic. Like, I didn't think it could get better than the four of us. And um, we, we definitely done now. I don't, I, 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 I can see myself as someone being addicted to birth. But um, what, what, what I've really noticed now having three kids is that each kid needs as much as the next. And each kid that comes takes from the other because I'm only one mother and Michael's only one father. So I don't want any less for Jack and I don't want any less for Thomas and I don't want now any less for Bo. So with three, I feel I've got everything to give them. And um, whilst I want to birth again and again and again and again, our life stories <laughs> will keep being weaved and we'll just keep learning in other ways. Yeah. With each other. Perfect. So should we, should we go on to Bo? And yeah. um, let's, let's get some of this story. So uh, we're going back to the beginning. I mean, was this something that you actually planned? How did it all start? So we'd always undenied about a third child. And um, I had always had this vision of this daughter. And I spoke openly to everyone about it. Um, you know, this daughter, this daughter. So I started to, I wanted to consciously conceive again, like we did with Jack. And so Michael and I worked on, visualizing and we I, I mean this there's this amazing practice called onking I don't know if you've heard about it like the, you know the cross a very old-fashioned cross has like almost a loop at the top yes it's like an old symbol that's called an onk and you can have you know there's a crown at the top of the head and you can there's all sorts of mantras for consciously conceiving and you open this crown and there's a birth there's all sorts of stuff I got into and I loved it <laughs> and I was calling in my daughter and I was calling in my daughter and she has she her name her spirit name was Faith and she was there and I talked to her for years and years and I knew everything about her she knew everything about me and we had this idea that she was going to come as my third child and lo and behold I looked up and I realized we'd been trying to conceive a child for nine months and nothing had happened. And there was, we'd had babies before we'd conceived in about four to six months, which is about normal, if yeah. not a bit early, but nine months was knocking on, you know, okay, what's going on here? Michael said to me, look, Catherine, you have to release this, this idea that you're having a daughter. What we're doing is having a child. And I was like, yeah, it's a good point, but we're definitely having a daughter. And he was like, um, Okay. And anyway, I counseled myself to eventually get to the point where, yes, we wanted a third child. And I was, I, I, I actually had to meditate on the fact that I did, it didn't have to be a daughter. And I spoke to this faith, the spirit, and I said, look, you know, which is how you want to incarnate. And I trust you. And I was pregnant just like that because faith knew he wanted to be a boy. <laughs> <laughs> so I almost had to give the spirit permission, you know, to come as a male and I was pregnant. And, um, and that's when it all began. I took everything that I'd learned. Now, by the time I was pregnant with Bo, um, the boys were already six and four. So it was a good long time, you know, I had four, four years of really working on myself and developing myself and learning so much about myself and getting spirit deeper spiritually and all of this. 
And so I had a very clear vision of how I wanted this birth to go. And when I mentioned home birth to Michael, he basically laughed in my face, carried on eating his sandwich and was like, it's never going to happen. Um, and so I just thought to myself, okay, I've nearly been married for 10 years. It's going to be slowly, slowly catch a monkey. You know, I was like, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. It's crazy. You know, <laughs> and slowly but surely we, we, I started to just talk a little bit here and there and everywhere. And I talked him through the past births and reminded him of the trauma he'd suffered and I'd suffered. And I said, look, I found um, this lady, Kemi, and I'm just going to invite her around for tea. And so Kemi, my midwife came around for tea and all the things that Michael, she, she basically talked to Michael, which is what he needed. And, and basically just gave him like such honest answers to questions that were terrifying him. Like, what if this goes wrong? And Catherine's had trauma before. And what about this? And what about that? Anyway, long story short, she made him see that the safest way to birth this baby was at home. And I'm forever grateful to her for that because it was not a, 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 a path I could have taken him down. I couldn't have showed him that. Um, he, he had to hear it from a professional and from someone else. And once he got on board, we leaned deeply into a birth team. And we saved money because it's, it's you know, people would say like there's a barrier to entry. These things cost money to have your baby at home, you know. But I knew it was going to be 10 more years of therapy, potential marriage counseling and a whole bang shoot of stuff. Or we could put some money together and not go on an extra holiday and 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 look at a, at a birth team. And then I met Laura and it all kind of came full circle. Um, and to put a long story short, I spent a full solid nine months of my pregnancy really connecting with the soul, connecting with myself um, and talking to my body. I know this sounds weird, like a Jane Hardwick Collins in her, in her um, shamanic dimensions of pregnancy um, encourages a mother to have a build a relationship with the cervix. Mm. Um, talk, like connect with your cervix mentally and like visualize, look at a picture of a cervix. This is what it looks like when it's closed this is what it looks like when it's open. Talk to your cervix about the journey that you're going to go on together in birth. So by the time that I was birthing, I had this relationship with my cervix. I was like, you know what you got to do. I, you, you look like this. Now we're going to go to like this funny things like that, which even when I was pregnant with Jack, I would have gone, what the hell? I mean, that is weird. You know, whereas this time around, I was like, my cervix had a name and I spoke to her and we connected. And oh, what, um, what did you call her? <laughs> her name was Rosa, which was hilarious Rosa. because Laura always said like the, you, you, you're, you're like labors like a rose, isn't it? it it's a tight yeah. little bud. And then it blooms out into the most beautiful rose. And oddly enough, Kemi never touched me once at all in my labor, but she put a mirror in the bath when I was 10 centimeters um, to check. It didn't touch me at all. But she said to Michael, Michael, if you ever want to see anything, the most beautiful thing you've ever seen, she goes, look at this. This is a, this is a, di this is a 10 centimeter dilated woman. And this, and it's a rose. This is a rose. She used the word or something. And Michael was just like, it, he's like, I've never seen anything like it. And that was, and that was the rose. And so there was a theme of a rose through the birth. I'd actually planted a rose when my grandmother died many years ago. And Laura had suggested that I pick all the yellow petals um, in the summer before the birth, dry them, and then we put them in the bath in the birth. So I was in this bath of all the rose petals from my grandmother's rose from the summer, you know, and it was now October. So um, things like that. And um, the, I did a lot of yoga, as you well know. And then Bowen therapy was something I'd never heard of before. But Kemi counseled me through my two previous births. And she said one thing about Thomas's birth. She said, someone like Matt and Bowen therapy, you know, if, if I saw you in the midst of that four days of prodromal labor, 
it might have just been a tick. Okay, look, now he's he's aligned. His head's a little bit this. Is, you, it could have saved me a whole world of pain and it made so much sense to me. So we worked together. Um, I did um, reflexology. I, I gave myself a lot of self-care, rest, sleeping, baths, Epsom salt baths. I meditated every single day for nine months, which people are like, oh, well, that's ridiculous. Yeah, it is ridiculous. It's the hardest work I've ever done. Try and do that. It is absolutely difficult. I set my alarm and for 20 minutes every day, I did a guided shamanic meditation where I went into my womb and um, it was all done by Jane Hardwick Collins, this pre-recorded one. And you go and you connect with your baby and you you build this birth place where you go to in your mind all sorts of stuff and it's I a worked. massive journey every day you were taking every a massive day journey. Matt. every day and I remember we got locked down in South Africa for three months and my mom and dad were like our kid is batshit crazy I remember them looking at each other about me <laughs> and I was like guys I can hear what you're saying and they're like you you are like totally weird and I'm like what do you mean they're like you're doing this like upside down qigong <laughs> yoga I'm doing like these breath work. Yeah. yeah. I'm in the garden talking to the plants. Then I'm like doing my shamanic meditation. Then I'm collecting herbs and making these like little potions with my kids. Then I'm making moon water under the three full moons that we were there. And I think by the end of it, they were like, they actually fell in love with the whole idea. My mom now makes her own moon water and they, they could see what it was doing for me, you know, like it was, but they also said to me like, God, you, you're relentless. This is hard bloody work, you know? And it was, and every single shred of work I put into this birth paid off in the end. Um, I was just going to ask you that, but yeah. <laughs> you me, so well done. <laughs> so the, yeah. So the, the long, the end of that story really was that he was born beautifully here at home in the bath and uh, not, not in the bath. I was 10 centimeters in the bath and I actually felt I got out of the bath and he was born by the toilet from a standing position. Um, really peaceful, really ecstatic, really calm, um, but I had to wait again until I only went into labor 42 weeks. So I had that wait, which was quite tough. Um, a big fight against the system, which I, don't, I won't talk about now, but if you want to, you can, um, you know, there's the birthing and the pandemic podcast I've done where we talk all about the fight against the system. Yeah, I'll anyone. definitely link that in because yeah, I'll link amazing. it in for anyone who's feeling pressurized by the NHS, um, especially if you're a VBAC or a twice VBAC candidate like I was. Yeah. But all that work paid off and um, there were some serious spirits in that bathroom with us. Even Kemi and Laura were like, even Michael was like, what language were you speaking? I'm like, oh, that's light language. It's the language of the universe. <laughs> you know, I was completely um, high and it was absolutely beautiful. And um, and I don't feel like that birth comes to just anyone. I told you how much work I put in. And if you if you want that birth, you put the work in and you can have yeah. it. Yeah, perfect. Absolutely perfect. I'm getting goosebumps. I knew I would. I knew I would just talking <laughs> to you because um, I've... <sighs> Um, this is over Zoom in case anyone's wondering. We are actually over Zoom. Um, but talking to you face to face is a powerful movement anyway. Um, and just talking on here, I didn't think it was going to be the same, but I'm still feeling you. Um, there's a lot of energy there. And I think anybody who knows of anybody that's planning or having a baby right now, these sort of podcasts, Gemma's one and hopefully this one as well, tell them about it let them listen to how they can make any story any birth story any life story magical you know and really come out of it thinking that oh, I, I'm I'm in the right place I'm exactly where I should be and if you can do that great you're you you're, you're going to move on and you're going to have a much better relationship with everyone 
you know, not oh, just your family, everyone. Amen. Amen. That is it. And I think we've done that today, Matt. I think we've done that. We've been able to show people mm. that every experience is an opportunity to be grateful, to learn, to grow, to work with the trauma if there's pain, yeah. to work with joy, um, and 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 just to be, you know, be your be your own powerful self and 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 just enjoy it all, really, yeah. as as best you can. Ask questions, listen to more podcasts like this reach out to people like you. And and what I loved was that once I opened that little box of Kemi, it was a whole box of chocolates. You know, it's like, oh, there's Laura and there's Matt and there's oh. it's just people like you that have dedicated your life to birth. And this and and so I, I would encourage women to ask questions and seek help from professionals because again, I'm gonna I'm gonna end with this. Uh, you can do anything, but you can't do everything. Love that. Thank you so much, Catherine. It's Thank a you. podcast that I will never forget recording. Um, I loved it. Yeah, it was brilliant. So um, thank you very, very much. Thank you for having me. And I'll, I'll see you soon. And a lot of love and take care. Thanks a lot, Catherine. Bye. This podcast is a labour of love for the people I've worked alongside in the birth world. And also every person about to become or already someone who's become a parent. I do not intentionally advocate or recommend any product, person or charity above any other. I also do not advertise on this podcast as I don't want any form of payment for this labour of love. All I ask is that you subscribe, listen in and maybe tell a friend. You can also find me on Instagram or Facebook as The Male Doula. Thanks for listening.